if you will, we're going to pick up where we left off last week. This is part eight. And I did not expect this to go this way, but we've been talking about divine promotion, uh, greater areas of ministry, entering, you know, what to do when you uh, enter into a new relationship. And it's all about transitioning and moving into something new, whether it's a promotion, whatever it is. And we've been talking about different things and then reviewing different things and each week. And so we haven't reviewed in order. So in other words, if you were here last week and I review something, you'll say, hey, he, I don't remember him preaching that. Well, you fell asleep during that time. No, I'm kidding. I'm not reviewing on purpose just the week before, but parts that seem to stand out as I'm getting ready that might be helpful to be reminded of. And so today, just in reviewing about promotion and transition and, and entering into new things, I want to talk about, just for a, for a minute, about the story of Jesus when he told uh, the person, he said, you hypocrite. How many want the Lord to say that to you? No. Well, I mean, if I am, I guess he needs to say it. It would be helpful. But he said, you hypocrite. He said, you got this big old log in your eye, and you're trying to help other and do other things. He said, do this first. He said, get the log out of your own eye. When you get the log out of your own eye, then you're going to be able to see clearly to be effective to remove wood from someone else's eye. And so we looked at that as being something super valuable to an individual. And, you know, not the hypocrite part, but the part of gaining a skill and then being able to use that skill to help somebody else. That's really what the Lord was saying. Look, you've got a problem in your life. There are others with the same problem in their life. If you will learn how to deal with the problem in your life, then you're going to be able to help other people because you're going to see clearly. And not only are you going to see clearly, you're actually going to know how to do it because you've already done it for you. And so we said this concerning that story, if there are people that remove a log or get healed or learn a, a trade that a lot of people don't have or maybe a lot of people aren't getting healed or somebody gets healed of something not by a manifestation of the Spirit but by their own faith. And there is a vast difference between the two. One God just does for someone by his spirit. The other is that, that somebody trusts God, lays hold on a promise, and they move the mountain. Big difference. Now, somebody could testify. I know a guy who, who uh, had a massive heart attack. He died. Uh, he went to heaven. He has a book about it. He lives up in, or he did live in Washington, I believe he moved. And he would tell people about this experience. Well, that wasn't something he believed. But he's able to communicate something to people later about it that will help them. So if somebody gets healed of something by a manifestation, there is a blessing to be told and for people to hear because it would encourage them. We're serving the living God. He does miracles. 
But there's another story. If somebody knows how to get it on their own, and they say, these are the two or three or four steps I took, and anybody can take these steps, here they are in the Bible. And especially if it's something beyond like a, you know, a little headache that I get once every three months, but something that would be catastrophic. Then if you are able to say, here are the things, this is what I did, I can help you, and you walk somebody through, you know that right there becomes valuable, a very valuable commodity. Well, isn't that true? You know, years ago when I was in school, computers were just coming on the scene. We were still riding to school and stagecoaches back then. Didn't ever, no. Anyway. Yeah, and three foot of snow uphill both ways. It was uphill to school and uphill on the way home. That's the stories we heard. But anyway, back then, computers weren't a big thing. And uh, so if somebody had a skill with a computer, you were like valuable back then. Now, you got a four-year-old kid, they're blowing adults away. They're like, oh yeah, you want this? And you know, that's how... Adults do it now. They just give it to their kid and do this on the computer, whatever. But back then, it wasn't a common commodity. Today, it's more common. And I understand there are people who really do have skills and ability beyond in that. But when somebody develops something like a leadership ability or whatever it is that they grow in, they, they become valuable. And that value can promote people. And so whatever the area is, we want to strive to be the best. Are you with me? To develop, not because we want to be just better than somebody else to say, I'm better than them, but it does give value. It really does. Promotions come to people sometimes just because of their value. I don't want to lose that person I'm going to pay them. I'm going to do something. Now, on the other hand, in the kingdom of God, value, gifting, development is hugely important because if there's anywhere we need effectiveness, it's in the house of God and through the house of God. So we want to get effective in every way, and one of the ways we're going to do that is walking with God. And so just in reviewing, we realize this. When people develop, they become valuable. And we said this last week, that when somebody gets into a new position, that doesn't mean they're fully trained, that they're fully there, but they have enough to get them going. And we need to do this, and it seems so important as people enter into new things, don't go, I've arrived what we need to do is kind of like Solomon. We talked about him last week and we saw how, you know, Solomon is known as the wisest person ever to live. I mean, he was wise. And most people may think, or, you know, some people do, I know, think that Solomon got into his position because he was wiser. And we said this, Solomon did have qualifications going in. He, he learned from his dad. He grew up in, in, the, in the palace. King David was his father. 
He saw him deal wisely with God, even though he had some mistakes along the way. Saw that his heart was genuinely toward God. So now it's his turn to enter into this position. But one thing about him, he wasn't not qualified. But once he got in, he said, God, I need more wisdom. I'm going to be dealing with your people And he continued on the quest to grow after he got into his new position. But with that being said, don't quit on your development. If you're standing in faith with something, keep growing. Learn to work, you know, to to deal with logs. Because I found this to be true. Once you get one out, you realize, hey, I may have another one. Anybody ever been there? couple people are shaking their head yes. But how many of you know this? It is a good thing to develop with God. And so in talking about um, transitioning, moving into a higher place, uh, today I want to talk about this. Uh, it's time to get ready. And, and somebody might think, time to get ready? We've kind of been progressive as to a degree But there are some things, you know, that when you get ready, it's not like, uh, let me say it like this. Sometimes we hear things and we don't always hear what actually is being said. Like I could say, get ready, and somebody might think, oh, well, what book should I read? Um, what, what, What class should I take? And when I'm talking about getting ready here today, we're talking way past that. Now, if you do need to read something or do something, I encourage you to do that. But this is more about uh, uh, get ready, kind of in the late stages. And I'm going to talk about that. One, for example, is this. And you're going to hear these three phrases, and I actually was surprised when I was praying that these, this phrase kept coming up about arise, do, and go. And I didn't realize how many times those phrases are in there. And the first thing I want to talk about is arising. And we'll see that, or standing. How many of you realize this, when you're getting ready to leave... And we've all been there, I think, when we're trying to leave and somebody's sitting on a chair or a kid's in the chair or on a couch or somewhere and they're sitting down and we're like, we're leaving. And then they're like, okay, and they're still sitting. What do parents say? Why are you sitting then? Right? Well, why are you sitting? Well, because I'm waiting. No, we, isn't that the truth? We've all heard it. Or we've given that instruction. Well then, let's stand up. Because how many of you know sitting is not a good position for movement? I mean, we're not leaving if we're all sitting. Even when we dismiss, sometimes we say, let's all stand up. What does that mean? That I'm going to say, now let's sit back down and go 30 minutes more. And you're like, wait a minute, we were just standing. But we think like that. We think, okay, it's time to go. Let's go. And uh, then people will say, well, why are you still sitting? So we're going to look at these things. Um, I'm going to read it in a different order than I have them. Turn with me to Exodus, the 12th chapter. And we're talking about 
you know, get ready. And these, this get ready isn't, you know, do the laundry. Um, we're past the laundry. If, if, if your laundry's not done, this ready is um, not like pack dirty stuff. We're past that. This is like, here we go. Get ready type thing. And here in Exodus, the 12th chapter, we're going to see where there was a, a get ready moment. And it says this, and this is Moses conveying to the people, uh, this is what we've waited for. This is something that has come about because of God's timing. But not only God's timing, the Bible said there had been people crying out, you know, because they were in bondage and they wanted freedom. And God had heard the, the cries of the people. And God has been working now for a period of time where Moses is confronting Pharaoh and trying to shake things loose. They all know it's coming, but they just, uh, you know, there has been resistance, how many of you realize this Pharaoh was not real happy to allow these people to move into this new thing? Because this new thing was going to reshape the landscape. A, a country was going to be born again, so to speak. And uh, they were going to be a country and a group of people that was going to be divinely... Uh, having interactions with God where just there was such power would be manifest and that enemy called Pharaoh was resisting them and God tried to shake them and he said you know that country and Pharaoh and and there was battles going on you know and frogs and boils and the river turning, and all, all liquid for that matter, turning to blood, and there were various things, and locusts coming, and, and still the people were not being let go. But then, all of a sudden, God says, okay, one last one. And then all of a sudden, we know the story of the lamb that was sacrificed, and people put blood on the doorposts, and... This is the arise moment, the, the stand moment, the here we go moment that I was talking about. In other words, arise, get up, here is like right at the end. Are you with me? Notice this in Exodus 12, 31, we'll start right there. Then he called for Moses and Aaron by night. God has done his last deed, the, the firstborn that don't have blood on the doorposts are struck down. I mean, God has been working with power, working with power. And, and you know what's so wild? Even though God had been working with power, the people that were about to be delivered were under an enormous strain. They had been working in this land and all of a sudden the one that they're about to be delivered from seems to be tightening the grip on them. He, he would say to his servants, take their straw away, take a little more away. That helped to bind things. 
in, in their building. And, and he said, take that away and, and tell there's no more. And then he said, make them do more. And all the time, God is working here as they are paralleling really this intersection of time that it seems like, man, the further we go and we know that there's a man over here working, his name's Moses, and, and we're, we're supposed to be going out, and um, it's getting worse. It was getting so bad that the children of Israel were kind of barking at the whole situation. But what's so wild is God kept moving to this deadline. And here in the 31st verse, we're going to see one of the first stand, do something, and go. And they are like emotion. And they are all, when we look at these, really final motions in promotion. Or you could say it this way, to a whole new existence and a whole new life. And it's real wild because... Like I said, I actually, the other day, just started driving. I thought, I've been praying, and I'm, I need to know. And sometimes it seems like it comes. I thought, I'm just going to drive. So I started driving, and I got where there was no phone coverage, which that means you can't just do talk, voice thing. And I'm driving. Obviously, I'm doing it hands-free. So I wasn't like that, because in Arizona, you don't do that. And I'm thinking, ah, I'm trying to talk, obviously, hands-free to put these notes down because I'm like, I had never seen that before like this and seen it like this and seen it like this until I'm thinking after I get done, wow, there's a bunch of scriptures just like this. But the ones that I'm going to share, maybe three or four today, are all the same, like stand Something happens, go. And they always end up in a new thing. And they're always like the final transition into moving into something new. And here, this is that final transition. Moses has done his last thing. I mean, he, Pharaoh is like fed up. He's been, he's been mean to the people. He's influenced his, his guards to beat the people to affect ill on the people. Anybody ever felt like you've been there trying to go forward with God? But at the other hand, there's this big dream and this thing that God's talking to you about. And here it is, verse 31. Then he called for Moses, Pharaoh did, and Aaron by night and said, Arise, arise. There's the first stand. Get up and go. You and the children of Israel and go serve the Lord your God. So this is the first arise. But now look over here in the 36th verse. It says, And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, so that he granted them what they requested. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. What happened was when he said, Stand up, and get out of here, there was an instruction that was given in this process. Go get all the money that's in the land that you'll ever want, because here we go. And so they stood, they got this money, 
or jewelry and everything else from the land that they had been in. You know, it's real interesting that there are promises in the Scripture about, like in James 5, about money that belongs to believers. Wages that they should have received. And it's real interesting because often we think, I'm praying about this and am I the only voice that is being heard in heaven? Come on, God. But it's real interesting, if you read in James 5, it said that the money that belonged to the people who had been laboring, in other words, they weren't getting the proper amount of wage, and it was being held back, it said that portion that was held back also started to pray. What does pray mean? It means start to communicate. It said the wages of the reapers started calling out to the Lord of Sabaoth and started saying, hey, I belong to this person. And the Bible, and you know, there can be things in, in our life where we think, man, how come other people are getting money and it seems like I should be getting this and rightfully so. Don't think it's just your prayers. Realize this, there are things that belong to you that are calling out to God. I don't belong here. I belong there. I belong in that per God is a just God. And it said those wages went forth. Well, that's true with these people. They had been mowing out their fields, doing their work. That's how it reads in James 5. And there was money. And, and here's the thing, even if you make a million... This year. That didn't mean there aren't wages held back from you. Some people might think, well, I just make a small amount. You can make a big amount and should be making more. And it still goes to the Lord. And he still hears those things or a promotion or whatever it is. But what's real interesting about this is it's just not us praying. And God here was about to flip everything on end, and he was doing it in one fell swoop. Money that the people needed. I mean, there's some people that work hard, but don't really get an equal return. Or a just return, and somebody else is getting rich. And there's nothing wrong with those people getting rich. But there should be a just amount given. And those wages God heard. Well, these people were the same way. They had been laboring year after year after year, and the Egyptians were getting fat off of them. And they had all this jewelry and all this stuff, and right as they're about to stand and be commanded to stand and get out, God said, hey, go tell these Egyptians, because God had been working on them, we want our due. And it said all of a sudden they had favor and those Egyptians started giving all the people of Israel gold and silver and all kinds of other things. As a matter of fact, that is how future things for the temple were built and wrong things built, if you know the stories. But we won't go there. But it's interesting, he said, 
go get it. Verse 37, then the children of Israel, so they went and gathered it. They stood up. They went and they got it. They've got all this stuff. Pharaoh says, stand up, get out of the land. And immediately, so they had to stand up. They had to get ready. Why? Because immediately, verse 37, the children of Israel journeyed from Ramses to Sakath. And then it goes on to talk how they, from that time, the getting ready was, stand up. We're going now. We're, we're moving now. We're not moving in six months. We're not moving in three months. We're not moving in two months. We're moving now. Notice this, if you will, in 1 Kings. And like I said, these are verses that I hadn't looked at like this, but as I was praying, I was thinking, this is the first one I got. 1 Kings 18. We'd actually read this earlier on about promotion, but looked at a different area. And here in 1 Kings 18 verse 41, we'll begin reading. It says, Then Elisha, or Elijah, who is a prophet, one who hears from God. How many of you know all children of God hear from him in the New Testament? We don't, we're led by God now. And it said, Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of an abundance of rain. Now what's real interesting is life totally changed in a moment for the Egyptians. And we're going to see that this thing in transition of this get ready, stand up, is really a precursor to all of a sudden a sudden change and a new existence. So he said, I hear the sound of abundance of rain. Verse 42, so Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went to the top of Mount Carmel, or to Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. So we get this picture that he sits down, And he puts, you know, kind of his head down between his knees and he starts praying. And he's up there sitting down praying and he starts instructing this person in line with what he's heard. You know, go look. And he tells this guy seven times to go look. And what's real interesting, he's sitting, but we're going to see all of a sudden he's standing and something's happening And then he also is going or stepping. Notice verse 44. Then it came to pass on the seventh time that he said, and how many of you know sometimes looking seven times you think, when is this ever going to happen? But the seventh time will come. Then it came to pass the seventh time that he said, There is a cloud, because he kept coming back. There's no cloud, there's no cloud. And he's like, no, I've heard it. I've heard the rain. I've heard this abundance of rain. And he said, well, I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. I'm not seeing it. And on the seventh time, he saw what looked like a small cloud, and he said, that's it. He He said, it's as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, 
and go down before the rain stops you. In other words, it's going to start raining so hard, your chariot's not even going to be able to move. And so, verse 46, then he, then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah. Now we're back to Elijah, the guy who had been sitting. And it said, the Spirit came on him, and then he girded up his loins. Notice the first group stood. They gathered up goods. Here he gathers up. He stands. He gathers up his garment. And then it said, he ran. So the first group walked out. He ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. In other words, the Spirit of God came on him. He stood up. He girded up his loins. Here is an interesting thing if we start looking at some of these different scriptures. What happened in this standing is there seemed to be some personal adjustment. Some things that needed to happen didn't have any time to happen. They were kind of in a moment happening. How many of you know when you eat in your car, which nobody does that here, you, you get crumbs on you? Anybody ever had that problem? You have crumbs. And you know what people do? They, they often wait to get out of the car and when they stand, some of the junk that's been on them falls away. And it seems to be, and we'll look at some other things, when people stood, there was some personal adjustment and some stuff that came into them to help them in this new life that was, I mean, right at the door. And so here we see that he stands up and he girds his loins. In other words, he made a personal adjustment. He was having to think a little bit different because if you've got this long garment, you're going to have to lift it up or you're not going to be able to run. You're, you're going to have to make a quick adjustment. Just like the children of Israel, we don't got the money. Let's get what we can and go. And they took off. And then here's a different person who's needing to make a slight adjustment. Here is a thought. As we stand or, you know, respond to the Lord. I mean, if you think about it, there are so many one stories like this. Where there's a, a rise, do something, and go. And each one has something that's different. I don't know what it will be for you. But for him, it was just like, hey, if you're going to run, you're going to have to deal with anything that trips you up because we're running into a new place. We're going into a new place. Some people might think, well, I'm needing the money part. Well, God will work that. But there are other people who, if they try to run, dressed the way they're dressed or looking the way they're looking, may not be able to function and run like they should so there may need to be a small adjustment. And it'll need to be something that you do while you're kind of cruising, if that makes sense. Because he gets up, he pulls up his, 
his things. This is probably the first time he, you know, he's thinking, I got to run. I got to, there is something happening right now. And, and here's a thought. When you're sitting, you're not thinking about running. When you're sitting, you're not thinking about the walk. I mean, you might think about it in the future, but the very act of it happening right then. And when God says stand up, what if we've been standing for or sitting for a long time? Anybody been in a car for a long time and you go to stand up and you think, oh, my legs. And we're like, go walk in and just walking into the gas station from the gas pump. Anybody done that on a long drive? You know, you've been in the car four or five hours. You're like, you know what I mean? You're, you're stretching out. You're having to make an adjustment because why? We've just been sitting so long. And now it's time to stand up. And when we stand up, we'll be, you know, that little creaking sound sometimes. And I'm not literally talking about standing up physically. I'm talking about standing up spiritually. And what's so interesting Everything changed for the children of Israel once they stood, did that, and started walking. Same thing happened with all these people. It wasn't just Elijah. It was all the people that were connected had a massive change of life from that day forward. Look at this one in Luke 5. This one is, I think, the second one when I was praying, and I thought, Oh, wow, it's right there. Luke, the fifth chapter. Actually, it's not Luke, it's John, the fifth chapter. Jesus is in this house. There is a crippled person that's been brought to them, to him. His life has been this way for a long time, with seeming no change, and he has this encounter with the Lord. And, and what's so wild is, the things that are said here, like stand, do something, and walk, or run, and we'll see it right here in verse 8. Jesus said to him, arise. How are you going to rise? I mean, talk about crinkly legs. You've been a cripple your whole life, and the Lord's like, it's time. You know, spiritually, I think people can experience this just on a regular time. You ever went, I'm going to go pray. And your legs went, we're not going in there. Nobody's ever had that before. You mean pray? What about that TV program? We, we didn't finish that. But we stand up and it's like, well, and we go to pray and we start doing and all of a sudden we go, it must have been an hour and a half and you're like, oh, that's 30 seconds? Nobody's ever been there? Well, this is something for them. This guy has been in this condition his whole life and all of a sudden he gets his command to arise. Stand up. Take your bed. In other words, the thing that you used to rest and live in, don't leave that around 
rise, take it, and then what's the next part? Go. Walk home. Go to the new place. Isn't it interesting, once again, there's an arise and then something else happening. You know, there can be a real command from the Lord just to stand up. Stand up. You know, often when the Lord, like one man, he said he was calling out to the Lord, calling out to the Lord, and he said, stand up. And the guy was blind for his whole life. And it said he stood up and then he threw off his garment. Why did he throw off his garment? Back then, people who were in certain conditions wore certain clothes to identify them with who they are, whether it was a beggar or in this case a blind person, so people could know, oh, let's have pity on this person. He goes and stands up by the command, called him here so he stands, and he throws off his garment, just like this guy grabbed his bed, this isn't going to be something attached to me. I'm going to take it home and that's where I'm going to sleep from now on. My existence out here is going to be completely different. This guy throws off his garment. He's still blind. He goes to Jesus. He starts walking and this guy's totally healed and he goes off and starts sharing with people. His whole existence changed. And here we see that same thing. Arise. Take up your bed and walk. There was such a spiritual change and a physical change in this man's life that the religious people could just couldn't handle it. It bugged them to no end. They're like, hey, you're carrying a bed. It's on the Sabbath, you know, different things like this. What are you doing? He said, well, the guy who told me, you know, this and did this, he told me to take it up. How many realize when there is a call to rise, there's a lot in motion. All of these calls to arise happened at a transition time when everything was about to change. Notice this one right here. And we'll, we'll probably close with this one. Ephesians, the fifth chapter. I, I like them all. But this is a cool one. And we've read this before. But not in this context. Ephesians 5 verse 14. So if we notice, arise or stand up. Get into a position of we're moving. And then something happens and go. And every single one of these brought these people into a new existence virtually immediately a new way of life came notice this in Ephesians 5 14 it says therefore he says awake you who sleep here it is arise from the dead in other words the dead were people who weren't really living for God who were doing their own thing and so he said wake up Wake up, it's time to wake up, arise, stand up. And notice this, awake, arise from the dead, then here's the next thing, Christ 
will give you illumination. He will cause spiritual things to become a reality. I believe all these things can happen in transition times. And really in final transition times. All of a sudden, where we're lacking, we're not seeing like we should. There's spiritual realities that are dim. You know, we know God's God. We know Jesus is Lord. But there's not a vibrancy to it. There's something that's just not gripping us. Yeah, we know the Lord's coming. But it's not basically coming. Serious. We're like, yeah, yeah, I know. But he's basically saying, arise And in this arising, and I believe this is something that will happen for people. He said, arise, Christ will give you light. Remember, the first admonition is stand up or arise. Then something happens, either we respond and do something, or the Lord does something. And then the next part is begin to walk in a new way of life. Notice this, see then that you walk. See then that you walk. Arise. When you do, God will give you light. What was he giving them light for? For a new kind of walk. For a walk that was about to change for the good. I mean, you, if you go and read those different stories, every one or every group of people's lives dramatically changed in this transition. And I would say this, there has been a sense of that here, not just with people and jobs, and we've had tremendous testimonies and different things in life with transition, but I believe there is an element where God's trying to talk to us about a spiritual change too. And here it says, and it it can be connected to other things, but here it says, see then that you walk circumspectly or upright, Not as fools, but as wise. Buying back the time so it's not wasted. So basically the Lord is saying to people, hey, be ready to stand. Be be ready when God challenges you. If you see anything happening and God is dealing with you, make a stand. Put away whatever. You know, if you've got invested stuff that's invested in the world, and when I say invested, I don't mean like the stock market. I mean, God could deal with you, take stuff out of the stock market. But I'm talking like a personal investment where I'm too much engaged in the world. That's basically what he's saying. They took out what they had invested in. You could look at it that way. Or, or with, with the profit. You know, the Bible said, lay aside things that tangle us and mess us up when we're trying to run. If we're just sitting, we don't have to do all these things. But if we're standing and there's a call to stand, these type of calls that we're talking about are all like the final act of entering into something new. And then this one was stand up. And when people stood out from the dark in things they had been dabbling with, they had new light come, and now there's a new walk. I believe this. If God deals with you today, 
in this area, or maybe he has been dealing with you, or you notice God dealing with you, or you see something change. And I believe they all can happen, and some of them will absolutely. Then it would be our admonition to realize, I have a part to play. And I can't wait. This isn't a three-month thing. This isn't a two-month thing. This isn't even a one-month thing. These are things where we stand, here we go.